Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. And once again, good morning, everybody. I am Bart Winkler in for Bill Ryder. This will be... The final day of my excursion into Writer Than You, and I thank Bill for allowing me to be here. I thank uh, Tom. Uh, Tom's on Twitter at DeSellCBS. I'm on Twitter at WinksThinks. I'll clear that up. Uh, not WinksStinks. WinksThinks, as in things that I think, with my last name being Winkler. WinksThinks. Good day to be here. Last night was a good night. Sports were back. Now I know there's been hockey and there's been college basketball regular season, but the sports that I like were back. So I had a good night last night watching some NBA and real quick watching some XFL. St. Louis beating Seattle. St. Louis is 2 and 0, okay? Uh I'll tell you though, for XFL fans or non-fans St. Louis stinks. They are not good. AJ, McC- AJ McCarron is the quarterback on this team. And he said he turned down some backup offers in the NFL where he could make more money because he wanted to start and sh- like play. And so his kids could watch him play and make memories. And I think it's very cool. Again, I'm a huge advocate of these spring leagues, these minor league football leagues. Somebody like AJ McCarron gets that opportunity uh, for his kids. I think that's great. McCarron's fine. Their offensive line sucks. I'm, I'm really breaking down the XFL, and I'm being genuine. I, I can tell you that uh, Seattle is better than St. Louis, but St. Louis won, and St. Louis is 2-0. and They've had two comeback wins now, but they are not a good football team. Now, is anybody in the XFL? We'll find out, but St. Louis stinks, and, and they're 2-0. and But congratulations to them. Uh, Battlehawk Nation, uh, very happy right now. They haven't had a home game yet. That's That's the home market. Filling in that dome because remember the Rams leave all the time, uh, so they're excited to have a home game eventually. But right now, right now they are two and zero. Both games on the road. XFL two. Most of the games are on Saturday and Sunday, but there was a Thursday night football game last night. There's like a Monday night game later. Oh, I just I. It's only been a few weeks, but man, do I love primetime football in the evenings during the week. It just it's it's just the best. So this is more of a love of football than the XFL, but again, I just I want to be clear. St. Louis stinks, but they got the win, so congrats to them. And I am looking forward to more XFL this weekend. Also got to watch some NBA and a lot of good games last night. A real good one between the Celtics and the Pacers going to overtime. Celtics getting a victory, 140, 
two to one thirty eight. Another overtime game between Utah besting the Thunder. Portland sitting a few guys, including Damian Lillard. So the Kings get another impressive victory. The Kings keep winning. They're third right now in the West. And you look at all these teams out West and who could be the team out West? Who's who's it going to be? Who's going to be? And nobody mentioned Sacramento. We see them there at three. Nobody mentioned Sacramento, but they are in the mix. I mean, they're in the three seed right now. So we got to include them in the mix. Uh, Philly beating Memphis in a good one. Joel Embiid with a rough first quarter, but a decent night overall. The Nuggets beating the Cavs. We'll talk about the Nuggets in a second. The Lakers beat the Warriors. This was the game at night, nationally televised. Lakers winning 124 to 111. In this game, LeBron and Anthony Davis combined for 25 points, which matched the total of recently acquired Malik Beasley who led the Lakers 9-16 of shooting, 7 of 11 from 3, a couple of rebounds, a couple of steals, uh, three steals, and Malik Beasley was the Lakers' best player if if only for one night. And this new-look Lakers team is a lot better than the Lakers team that they started the season with. So they subtract, of course, Russell Westbrook, who I still think is a very... I, I the The narrative on Russell Westbrook is a tough one. Because it does seem like everywhere he goes, the team gets worse. He's now with the Clippers. Might start tonight. The odds for the Clippers to win the championship went down because they added Russell Westbrook. But he tries hard. He's a good dude. He's a good player. It's just he can't seem to find the right fit. A former MVP, Russell Westbrook. But he is gone. And the Lakers have added D'Angelo Russell, who did get hurt last night. So he only had two points. We'll see how uh, severe that injury is. But Jared Vanderbilt coming over from the Timberwolves. Malik Beasley, a big impact. Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba played for 22 minutes shooting threes. So they added a bunch of guys. Rui Hachimura before the deadline had a big impact. They added a bunch of guys, which really improves their depth. And I think one of the problems with the Lakers was they had AD and LeBron and Russ and the depth was not so reliable. Guys like Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker and even Dennis Schroeder, not that they're bad players by any means, and some nights they have really good nights. I mean, every month it seems there's one night where Austin Reeves is is the best player on that team. But they are not they are not 35-minute-a-night players right now, nor should they be for the Lakers. They're still good players, Troy Brown Jr. in that mix. They're still decent players. But now they're kind of moved down the depth chart, still getting minutes, but some of these other guys like Vanderbilt and eventually D'Angelo Russell again and Malik Beasley and Hachimura, suddenly the Lakers have a formidable team. And LeBron and AD are also still there. Don't forget about that. So suddenly they've got a team that's a little deeper. And on a night where LeBron goes 5 for 20, 13 points, so... We did witness him breaking the scoring record again. That's my favorite dumb joke is that every time he – they should stop the game every time he gets a bucket because he's breaking the scoring record again. 13 points for LeBron and then just 12 for AD. They didn't even have to do much because the others carried them. They had – outside of those two, they had seven other guys in double digits. Six, six, seven other guys, six other guys in double digits for scoring. Last night, the Lakers did. So this is a team, they're still 28-32. and 32. The Warriors losing, they didn't have Steph Curry last night. And without Steph, they, they do take a big hit. They're 29-30. and 30. 
you look at both of these teams, the Warriors right now are in the 10 spot. So that would get them in the play-in tournament, 29 and 30 in the 10 spot. The Lakers still have work to do at 28 and 32. They are a game and a half out of the play-in spot. Eventually, I think both teams will at least make the play-in tournament, and then maybe one or both of these teams reach where the Mavericks are, the sixth seed. The Warriors right now two games back of that, and the Lakers three and a half. So there's teams in front of them. They may both be destined for the play-in tournament. I would think both of them get out of that. You've got the Timberwolves, Pelicans, Jazz, Thunder all fighting, and I think that eventually the Warriors and Lakers are better teams. And that's why that this is how you make the regular season interesting again. You have good teams start bad, and then the race is to see can they make the playoffs. So maybe if you're a good team, you should just start zero and ten. It should be like you want to make this. You want to make parity. Make all the good teams zero and ten to start the season, and then have them crawl back in because Lakers games in the first half of the season they were awful. They were on TV all the time. They were always losing. Why are we subject to this? Now it's like, I, I want to watch the Lakers. I want to see this comeback story. I want to see if the Warriors are going to get in. I want to see if the absurd amount of load management that they did to themselves is going to cost them. So I, I want to see this. This is this is how you make the regular season interesting. So the Lakers, very, very compelling right now. Still four games under five hundred, but they are a good team. And I don't know that I want to face them in the playoffs. You know, if it's Lakers-Kings... I mean, the Lakers will probably be favored in that series. Lakers-Clippers? Lakers-Grizzlies? I mean, are the Lakers the favorite in that series? I'm not trying to react too strongly to one game, one win, but the Lakers roster is completely different, and they won without the services, really, of LeBron and Anthony Davis, who, by the way, Anthony Davis, I saw this video. I think Malika Andrews did it with uh, some of the NBA stars for ESPN where they talked about the best player in the league and, and the the conversation around AD was if AD with his physical skills had the mentality of Giannis, he would be the best player in the league. But I feel like with Anthony Davis, it's been years of if. I never have felt like Anthony Davis has played up to his his true potential. And I don't know what the situation is. Last night he only took five shots. He only took five shots. He had uh Eight attempts at the free throw line, so he ends up with 12 points, 12 boards, a double double. And it's not like he was a monster on the boards. The you know, you just the ball would fall to him. It's not like he was fighting super hard. He got criticized on the broadcast last night because on a free throw, uh, he just expected one to go in from Jordan Poole, and he just kind of stood there. He doesn't play to the best of his ability. So the Lakers, they need a better roster. They got that. They need Anthony Davis to play up to his potential, and I don't know that that happens. So Lakers making the playoffs, yeah. Lakers winning a series, sure. Lakers winning a championship, I I don't see it. And I know they won one with AD and LeBron, but as we all know, that was in the bubble, and as we all know, that doesn't count. I think we've decided as a basketball nation that that we were glad we got basketball eventually, but uh, it didn't count. The Nuggets last night win one fifteen to one oh nine, and in this game, Nikola Jokic. 24 points and 18 boards. So another really impressive statistical night from Jokic. Defensively, he is not one of the best players in the league. 
I'm not even sure that he gets the acknowledgement from his peers. You saw in the NBA draft at the All-Star game, he was the second last person taken. Could have been the last, but he he put himself on Team LeBron. So I think the respect that Jokic gets, and Jokic is a very good player. Top five in the league, fine. But there's this there's this weird thing. This is this is my opinion, but I, I'm very confident in this. The NBA media as a whole has an affinity and makes more excuses for the Boston Celtics. I don't get it, but they do. And Nikola Jokic, then then as as if they have stock in these guys. I don't quite understand it. So Jokic is good, but is he that much better? And I'm talking about the MVP race now. Is he that much better than Joel Embiid? Is he that much better than Giannis Adetokounmpo, where he is the he's the runaway favorite right now to win MVP? Even the other media darlings, Luka Doncic and Jason Tatum, their odds are even further back. Jokic has the best odds to win, and then Embiid, and then Giannis, and then Tatum, and then Luka, and they just did a straw poll. I believe that was at ESPN as well. They did a straw poll with voters, and a lot of them, the majority of them, maybe three-fourths, gave Jokic the number one MVP slot, which would mean Jokic would eventually, based on the totals and the point totals, he would win MVP. And I don't quite understand why we're so eager to give Nikola Jokic his third MVP. For so long, it seemed like the MVP was... The the, the MVP doesn't always go to the best player. It doesn't always go to the MVP. And I think that as an NBA community and media, we just kind of, we understood that. Like, yes, LeBron James could have won the MVP every year. But after his fourth, KD got one, Curry got two, Russ, Harden, you start to look around the league and say, well, who else has played well? Who else deserves it? And with LeBron, you don't want to give him his fifth because then that would tie MJ, who they they capped out at five because then you had to give one to Malone and then you had to give one to Shaq. Like, there's no way that Shaq in his career couldn't have won a single MVP. He won one. Iverson, Duncan got a couple. KD, Steve Nash got a couple. Dirk, Kobe only had one. Kobe only had one. So you look at these MVPs and you think, all right, if you look historically, you can read the chart and say, yes, every real good guy of that era ended up getting an MVP. Harden got one four five years ago. Then Giannis got two. And then the NBA media was like, no, we're not giving Giannis a third. We can't do it. We can't give Giannis a third until he does better in the playoffs. And we just, he he's not going to be the next guy to get a third. But now here's Nikola Jokic who puts up big offensive numbers, which the Nuggets do put him in the best lineups to get those numbers, doesn't really do much defensively compared to Embiid and Giannis, and yet he's the guy we want to give a third MVP to. So what I do outside of filling in for Bill and Zach and whoever's not available on the weekends here on CBS Sports Radio is I have a podcast, The Bart Winkler Show, and recently I had Eric Name, who writes for The Athletic, specifically with the Milwaukee Bucks, but writes for the Athletic, the NBA. And I asked him, why do we, why do, why do you, I said, Eric, why do you and the NBA media, why are you so eager to give Jokic a third MVP? Eric voted for Jokic last year over Giannis, which he then had to cover Giannis, and Giannis still 
gives him crap about it to this day. But I, I said, why does the MV, why does the NBA media want to give this guy an award? And Eric's like, no, historically, we might have to reconsider what we are doing here. Here's Eric name on my podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. If all of a sudden Jokic is a three-time MVP and no one's done it since Larry Bird, if all I have is the history books 30 years from now, I would have to say, man, if this guy won MVP three times and this guy won MVP three times and in between it is, what's it going to be, 30 years, 40 years? 40 years in between, that means no one in those 40 years had a three-year peak yeah. as good as that guy and that guy, and that would not be true. So Larry Bird won three MVPs. By the way, my podcast available wherever you get yours. Larry Bird won three MVPs in 84, 85, 86 in a row, and then nobody's won three consecutively since then. No Michael Jordan, no LeBron James got one in between there. Steve Nash won a couple back-to-back, but not a third. Tim Duncan could have maybe won a third. But Steph Curry. But what the NBA writers and the media and the voters have decided is, no, you don't get three in a row anymore. You don't get three in a row. Now with Jokic, we're going to bend the rules for that, even though of all these guys, you could argue he's maybe the least deserving to get his third in a row. The narrative has changed for Jokic, and I don't quite understand why. I'm telling you, the NBA media has a set of rules. And I'm not just talking about the voters. I'm talking about the debate shows. I'm talking about radio hosts. I'm talking about podcasters. I'm talking about Twitter. There's a set of rules that we all agree to. But with the Celtics, those rules don't apply. 
And with Nikola Jokic, those rules don't apply. I don't want to see Jokic get a third MVP. I I want to see my guy Giannis get one, being in Milwaukee. But maybe this is the year that Joel Embiid, I mean, he's he had another big night last night. He's playing well. Maybe he should get it. You know, if we're truly finding a guy that, if we're if, if for 40 years the MVP has been, all right, we know who the best player in the league is, who else might deserve the award, then it should go to Embiid because Giannis has a couple and Jokic has a couple. Yet we want to give it to Jokic so bad. Now, neither of these guys, Jokic has been to one Western Conference Finals in the bubble. Again, doesn't count. And Embiid hasn't been to any. So we keep giving the MVP to these guys now that can't win a title. Harden hasn't won one. Westbrook. That was the narrative against Giannis. Oh, you can't get to do any until he wins a title. Then he wins a title and he can't win MVP anymore. It's just a very odd rationale that there's been a set of rules for so long but we're changing them for Nikola Jokic, who will likely win his third MVP, even though he doesn't play defense. That's my mission <laughs> this week. This week, I've had two missions this week. Well, three. I've had three missions since I started filling in on, on Tuesday. One, understand how a zipper merge works. Go all the way to the end and then merge. Two, the Jets need to sign Derek Carr. Don't wait for Rodgers. And three... Nikola Jokic should not be the MVP. That, that's what I'm hoping to accomplish with this platform this week. Russell Wilson was trying to accomplish the firing of his head coach and general manager, allegedly. He has sort of refuted that report, a bombshell report from The Athletic overnight. We'll talk about that with you guys coming up next. I'm Bart Winkler, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. In for Bill Ryder, I'm Bart Winkler. Tom's here. We'll talk to Mike Renner coming up, Pro Football Focus, at the top of the next hour. You can catch us here and in the Odyssey app as well. Free to download, free to listen to at any time. CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. So last night I was scrolling Twitter before I go to bed, as one does. And I saw some video that Ryan Leaf had put out, and he was talking about Russell Wilson. Uh, apparently, there is this guy that's been close to Russell Wilson for a long time named Trevor Moad, and he has been like a like a mental health kind of coach for Russell Wilson for a long time, and he helped Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf said this on the Straight Line podcast after he got out of prison. He helped him, and uh, Trevor's whole thing was don't let anything negative come into your life at all. Always be positive. And and he worked side-by-side side with Russell for a long time. And he passed away before the season. And so that was a that was a burden that Ryan Leaf shared this to say there was a lot more going on with Russell Wilson than we know. He he, he was struggling through that throughout the season, and I, I felt bad for Russell. You know, he, he lost a, a close personal confidant, uh, goes to a new city, obviously got a lot of money to do that, but, you know, you still, you lose somebody that, that that's rough. So I went to bed, I woke up, and then I got a few texts from buddies and uh, saw some news like, Russell Wilson, what a loser. <laughs> what a snake. <laughs> so what's going on? What did Russell do? An article came out overnight, again, in The Athletic, talking about Russell Wilson, and it's alleging that before he was traded, Russ asked the ownership of the Seahawks to fire Pete Carroll and... General Manager John Schneider. The quarterback was convinced those two 
were hamstringing his chances for success. So the the report is alleging that Russell wanted Pete out and wanted John Schneider out. He wanted Sean Payton, ironically enough. Eventually, he gets traded. He brings in his own support staff, so he brings in his own quarterback coach. Uh, he he gets his own office, and he kind of isolates himself from the team. The office thing, let me say this. If a player has their own office in a facility, I don't really have a problem with that. But you you got to use it separately. You can't You can't not go to the locker room and then go to your office instead. You have to be with the guys, and then if you want to stay longer and you have a designated spot where you have a computer and a whiteboard, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But if 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 people don't if the players don't see you until you're on the field because you were hanging out in your office doing your own work, well then that's obviously a problem. So if he's got his own designated space that he uses sometime, that's fine. But if it's if he's got an office that's isolating himself, that's probably not good. You you shouldn't do that. So these allegations came out overnight. Russell Wilson then tweeting this morning about two hours ago. I love Pete, and he was a father figure to me. And John believed in me and drafted me as well. I never wanted them fired. All any of us wanted was to win. I'll always have respect for them in Seattle. I don't really take that as a denial. So I love Pete and he was a father figure to me and John believed in me and drafted me as well. Those are true. A lot of past tense. Then he says, I never wanted them fired. And so you might read that as, Oh, Russell's denying it. Maybe that is true. Maybe I'm wrong, but I read it as, you know, like in a movie when when it's like a mob movie and someone has to turn on a guy and because he, he ended up ratting him out or whatever, and the guy before he before he kills him, he says, I never wanted to do this. But then he does it anyway. That's what I feel like Russ is saying. I never wanted to have to say they I never wanted to betray them. I never did, but but I'm I I did do that. I never wanted to have to go to ownership and say you got to fire your coach and general manager. But I did do that. That's how I'm reading it. Could be wrong, but that's how I'm reading it. We all know what happened. The Seahawks traded Russell Wilson to the Broncos. The Broncos had a horrendous year. Russell Wilson looked so bad. It, it was like a couple of quarterbacks this year. I've talked about Rodgers a little bit this week. Aaron Rodgers did not look as good as he normally did this season. They're getting older. But there were still some plays. There were still some plays where you're like, oh, I see. Tom Brady. Tom Brady this year was terrible. He was not good. But he still won. I mean, I guess they were 8-9, and nine, but they could have been 5-11, and 5-12. and 12. There were some games where... They, I mean, it was two minutes left. Like, okay, they're not going to win this game. And then somehow Tom Brady did it. So there were still flashes of them. Russell Wilson, younger than both of these guys, there was no flashes of old Russell Wilson. I mean, he looked worse than Trevor Simeon ever did, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler. The year that Peyton Manning was hanging by his string, he looked ta- Russell Wilson, if you were to tell anybody for the first time, hey, this guy actually uh, won a Super Bowl, and uh, you'd be like, what? But he's never had an MVP uh, MVP vote. 
That I would believe watching him this year. So he was terrible. So the Seahawks trade him. Again, all according to this report, if it's me or you, they took they took Pete Carroll and John Schneider instead of Russell. They trade Russell, get a massive package for him, get a top five pick now because Denver stinks. So now now they get they get a top five pick that it, they weren't expecting, which they could use on their next quarterback of the future after the guy that replaced them, Geno Smith, was good enough to lead them to the playoffs and get to a Pro Bowl, which is wild. So the Seahawks, the, uh, again, all alleged according to this report, Russell goes to the ownership, says it's me or them. Ownership picks them. They trade Russ. He has the worst year imaginable as a player. No good reports coming about his leadership and his work as a teammate. The Seahawks then use Geno Smith, who a lot of us forgot was even in the league, to go to the playoffs, and then he earns himself a trip to the Pro Bowl, and he's going to earn himself a big contract this season. And now the Seahawks have this choice of, well, do we want to go with Geno Smith and pay him for a couple of years, or hey, we got a top top ten, t- uh, top five pick? Do we want to draft a quarterback of the future? Maybe, maybe we do. So they they played that great. Unlike the Packers, who acquiesced to every single demand that Aaron Rodgers ever threw at them. The Seahawks did what was best for the franchise and did not let their franchise be held hostage. See, I think when a quarterback gets bigger than the team, you have to move on. You can't let that happen. And it's clear that Russell Wilson, according to this report, thought he was in control of the team. If you're going to ownership and essentially picking who you want to be as the general manager and head coach, you now think that the team revolves around you. You, ha- I know you're the quarterback, and I know that you're you're the best player, but you have to still remember you're one of 53. And I think that there are quarterbacks that are successful that do that, even if they get very, very good. Tom Brady, Tom Brady was always one of 53. Yeah, he's Tom Brady, but he did not require 50 million dollars a year. He always talked about working with Bill Belichick. He was always complimentary of others, even Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, like won't accept any compliments without giving credit to anybody else because he understands he's still one of 53, as good as they are. Rodgers, I don't think, understands that anymore. That's why they haven't been to a Super Bowl in 12 years. And Russell Wilson clearly think that. So I, I think the Seahawks played it beautifully. We got a quarterback here. He did well for us. We got a Super Bowl. Now he thinks he's bigger than the team. We got to get him out of here. Once you th- once your quarterback thinks he's better than the team, you got to move on. It appears to be what happened in Seattle. Now Sean Payton's coming in. He thinks he can fix this. I don't get what Sean Payton's up to. We'll talk about that coming up. I don't understand. I don't understand why Sean Payton took this job with all the jobs out there. I don't understand why Sean Payton rushed into this job in this situation. We'll talk about that coming up. I'm Bart Winkler in for Bill Ryder. Chris Lopresti on the updates, CBS Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. I'm Bart Winkler in for Bill Ryder. He'll be back next week. Sean Payton is back in the NFL with the Denver Broncos, as you know. I might, uh, I might challenge myself to something I just said last segment. I said, I don't understand why Sean Payton went to the Broncos. There were better jobs out there. That, that maybe there weren't, <laughs> maybe, maybe there weren't the other jobs open were the Arizona Cardinals. I don't want to go there. I mean, that, that seems like a mess. You're stuck with Kyler Murray, the Carolina Panthers. Maybe. I mean, you got an owner that wants to win, but I don't know how good that team is. The Houston Texans. We all know how bad they have been, but if you think you can turn it around, the Colts, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to, I, I don't want anything to do with uh, Jim Irsay. So yeah, maybe, maybe with, with new ownership in Denver and they want to spend and uh, Sean thinks, Hey, I can, I can rectify Russell Wilson. Maybe that was the best job for him. That whole process was weird though, because as soon as that job opened, it seemed like Sean Payton, it was, that was the destination that he wanted. That's what he wanted right away. It was that or bust. And I thought, well, wait for some of these other jobs to open up, man. You got to at least see what's out there. But no, he was flirting. Then did you guys see this when he was wearing the blue shoes and orange tie when he was on Fox to like signal to the Broncos that he wanted to coach for them? <laughs> the whole thing was weird. And then, see, I don't I don't know. I'm, I think Sean Payton liked being in TV. I don't, I don't know why he's going to coach again. He was good in TV when he took the Broncos job, and I I don't know what this time would have cost him, but he took the Broncos job, and I thought, okay, well, he had a good run on Fox. All right, he's gone. He still he still was popping up on Colin Coward once a week. He still was on their Super Bowl coverage, which all right, you want to do the Super Bowl, I get that, but he was also on their like Monday night, uh. Super Bowl media coverage. Like he wouldn't leave the set. He took a new job and you couldn't get him to leave. The old one. Sean Payton, by the way, for those of us in Wisconsin know that he is Mike McCarthy with better PR. Sean Payton's career record, pretty similar to Mike McCarthy. They've both won a Super Bowl. Mike McCarthy had a lot more winning seasons in the middle of that stretch. Sean Payton, they went seven and nine three years in a row with Drew Brees, and nobody cares. 
So uh, Sean Payton's always been Mike McCarthy to me with better PR, but he seems like he's going to be the guy that's going to rectify the Broncos and turn that thing around. I'm still not entirely sure why he thinks that, but we'll see. We'll see if it ends any better for Sean Payton than it does for Nathaniel Hackett. Now, he has already said, Russ, you can, you've brought in your guys last year. You brought in like your own coaching staff. I don't want any of that. But then he just hired a 28-year-old to be the quarterback's coach in Davis Webb. He was flirting with Rex Ryan to be the defensive coordinator. I don't know how this is going to work. More power to him if it does. I'm not banking on the Sean Payton savior role for the Denver Broncos to work out. I just think that with Russell Wilson and, and the way that team is right now, with Russell Wilson, I don't think it, I don't think it's going to be a success. I think in the NFL, you have to – there's only like – there's only, say, 14 to 15 good quarterbacks, and that might even be a stretch. And you have to keep those guys if they're good enough. But again, I did say last segment, once they think they're bigger than the program, get rid of them. And you have to, you can't, a lot of times these teams are so desperate for a good quarterback that they will overpay for one that they think might be a good quarterback. I think Denver did this with Russell Wilson. They overpaid for him and then they gave him a big contract. I think with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, I mentioned, I don't think he's as high on the QB chart as he might think he is. But the Cardinals realize, well, we're not going to get anyone better. We certainly don't want anyone worse. He's right in the middle. I think the Vikings are kind of stuck. They haven't done anything with Kirk Cousins, but they're not going to get anyone better right now. And and who are they going to get? They don't want to get anyone worse. So a lot of these teams get kind of stuck. So when you do have a guy that is good, you got to keep him. You got to pay him. The Bengals are going to have to pay Joe Burrow. The the uh, the Eagles, they're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts. And they should pay those guys because they're good enough and they're great teammates. I don't think the Cardinals should have paid Kyler Murray is what I'm saying. So that would have been a bad situation for Sean Payton if he wanted to go there as well. There's these quarterback situations that you get stuck with. Now the Ravens are in an interesting one because they have a guy who I don't think Lamar thinks he's bigger than the team at this point. I think Lamar looks at the settings of where things are in the NFL and he wants to get more money than Deshaun Watson. And the Ravens can certainly franchise tag him. Because this is, we talk about the quarterbacks, and I've talked a lot this week about the quarterbacks and everything that's going on and who might get signed where and uh, the movement and the carousel. And I don't really talk about Lamar too much because I just, I think at the end of the day, he will end up being a Baltimore Raven. I think that they'll be able to franchise tag him if they don't agree to something. Eventually the sides will come together and and they will sign Lamar Jackson to a long-term deal. That is what I think will happen. But the longer it doesn't happen, I guess the more likely it won't happen. And if I'm Lamar Jackson, absolutely, I want more than Deshaun Watson. This guy could have been run out of the league, but then Jimmy Haslam and the Browns come in and give him $250 million guaranteed, 133 of that. Or guaranteed, the whole thing's guaranteed. So they they're, they're giving... The Sean Watson, a bunch of guaranteed money. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I certainly want to go ahead and get more money than than Deshaun Watson if I'm Lamar Jackson. Now, I don't know why the Ravens won't give it to him. Maybe they think, okay, our offense is kind of built around this type of quarterback. 
this is the way that we have treated our backup quarterbacks. We either have a Tyler Huntley or Trace McSorley. They're not Lamar Jacksons, but they're guys that can run a little bit, and they work into our offense. The Ravens, I think, have been the best at getting a quarterback, building the offense around him, and then making sure your backups are similar and can play in that offense well. That if they have to step in, it's not a complete change to anybody. So I've liked how the Ravens have done that. They got to figure out a way to lock up Lamar Jackson. Now, what's unfortunate is they're competing with a team who only exists because they moved. <laughs> the Ravens move, and then the Browns, you know, respawn in Cleveland, and they give guaranteed money out to some guy who, you know, had talent, but he didn't look that good this year after time away. And of all these guys that deserve a handful of guaranteed money, I don't know that it's Deshaun Watson. But now Lamar wants to be measured with that. So I totally understand that. He's negotiating for himself, which might make things easier in some cases, but also more difficult. And he's he's really standing by the claim of guaranteed money. So the Ravens are going to have to figure that out. I think that the two sides end up coming to a deal. Otherwise, the Ravens maybe franchise tag him and then trade him, and then that opens up a whole new possibility of things. Everything's on the table. If Lamar Jackson can be had in a trade... Well, then then where does he go? Does he go to the Jets? Does he go to one of these teams in the NFC South? You know, the NFC South is going to be historically bad next year, it seems. So if, like, Atlanta or New Orleans can work a trade for Lamar Jackson, suddenly you're going to win 10 games next year and make the playoffs and host a, host a, host a wild-card weekend game. Maybe better. So that's on the table. The Bears, the, the NFL drafts in play. If Lamar Jackson is, is on the trade block, maybe the Bears do trade. Justin Fields, if you're getting Lamar Jackson back, absolutely. And I think the Ravens would love to start with a guy who has similar skills and is on a rookie-scale deal, as these teams like to get quarterbacks when they're on their rookie deal. Now, a lot of these quarterbacks, as I mentioned, they are going to need to get big salaries, which is going to mean that there are going to be some salary cap cuts around the rest of the league. You're going to start to see that over the next couple of weeks. Bobby Wagner and the Rams, they have agreed to part ways. The Rams are over the salary cap. Linebacker Bobby Wagner is out. The uh, rest of the AFC and NFC, the rest of the league, they're looking at situations where they might have to cut some guys due to salary cap. The Bengals are a team that might have to trade T. Higgins, might have to cut Joe Mixon just so they can sign Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow eventually. So they're in a tough situation. The uh, Titans are probably going to end up releasing Ryan Tannehill. The Colts are going to probably end up releasing Matt Ryan, which they probably should. I think Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan can serve a TV booth or a TV desk much better than he can serve this one who's a salary cap casualty. Carson Wentz. When we talk about the commanders and what is Eric Bieniemy going to work with, Thought he had a great press conference yesterday, deflecting some LaShawn McCoy comments as well. We never mentioned Carson Wentz. It's either going to be Taylor Heineke or Sam Howell. They'll probably move on to Sam Howell unless they can find another guy. Carson Wentz isn't going to be the quarterback there. Jameis Winston is probably going to be out in New Orleans. So you've got all these you've got all these teams that if you don't have an elite quarterback, you're you're stuck. And a lot of these times you're not able to draft them. That's why, again, to go back to the Seahawks, everything worked out so well for them. Because now they're in a situation where they can actually draft a guy pretty high. And looking at Pro Football Focus's latest mock draft with Mike Renner, who we will talk to in a little bit, 
the Seahawks picking five. Mike's got them taking Tyree Wilson, edge rusher, out of Texas Tech. We'll talk to him about all this in about 10 minutes. But maybe the Seahawks mix it up and take a quarterback if one is available to them. Because you'll probably have Bryce Young go top five and then C.J. Stroud at some point, Will Levis at some point from Kentucky. Anthony Richardson is getting more attention out of Florida. So if you're a team that can grab a quarterback, there's certainly a few available for you. There's like four teams that can grab a quarterback. There's maybe 10 teams that have truly their quarterback of the future who's good. And then everybody else is in this purgatory where they have to throw big contracts at Kyler Murray or they have to make a trade for Russell Wilson, even though he's coming with his own staff and wants his own locker and has 13 bathrooms in his house. They have to do these kind of things because there's nowhere else. The Jets, they have to try to get Derek Carr because there's they're, they're, they don't have the option to get another better quarterback than that. And even if they go to Aaron Rodgers, I think, a, I think if a team trades for Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be a lot closer to getting Russell Wilson on the Broncos last year than it is getting Tom Brady or Peyton Manning that helped you win a Super Bowl with them at the end of their run. So I think a lot of these teams are sort of in some real tough quarterback purgatory, which is going to make the draft more interesting. And again, if Lamar Jackson doesn't end up signing with the Ravens, which I still feel like he will, but if he doesn't, that is going to open up so many possibilities that I'm not even thinking of. That I'm not even thinking of. I want to shout out uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's one of the owners of the XFL. He has tweeted about, I told you earlier about A.J. McCarron, who decided not to be an NFL backup because he wanted to play in the XFL to make memories for his kids. He didn't want to just be a backup and hold a clipboard. He wanted to play and start and show his kids that he could lead comeback from behind victories. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson has tweeted, AJ is 2-0, led his team to back-to-back exciting last-minute wins. He's creating some memories for his boys. His decision means a hell of a lot to me personally. How about that? Oh, I said there were three things I'm trying to do. No Jokic MVP. Do the zipper merge right. Derek Carr to the Jets. Watch the XFL. It's a compelling league. More games this weekend. Mike Renner joins us coming up, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.